Welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi. This is the second of five short episodes about mindset for artists who want to up-level in their art and business. One of the things I see a lot with artists who want to step out of the studio and sell their art, whether it be directly or through galleries, is low confidence. They learn how to use Instagram or create a website to showcase their work. But when it comes to actively using these platforms, they become shy, unsure, fearful even. The confidence they have in the studio when they're making work, making their art, seems to ebb away when it comes to presenting themselves to a wider audience. I see this in the emails I used to get when I had a gallery and people were looking for representation. And I see it in the posts people write on social media as well. And it's certainly something I discuss a lot in the DMs. Since I wrote my book, Show Your Art, many people have said they found it super helpful, but then quietly admit that they feel stuck or unsure when it comes to actually implementing the work. So today's episode is all about confidence, what it is and how you can develop more. I'm here with Ricky Ross, a transformation coach, helping people connect back to their purpose and live life on their own terms. Welcome, Vicky. Hi, and thank you, Gita. So let's talk about confidence. I mean, let's start at the very beginning. What is it? So most people are trying to get a definition for what is confidence to then understand how to get confidence and then do what they want to do. But it's more important to know that confidence means different things for different people. And therefore, it's more valuable for every individual to say, if what I'm going towards, if what I need right now, if what I want right now is confidence, what is it that I'm experiencing in this moment? Because if we want confidence, it presupposes that right now we don't have it. So the question is more important as to what is it that I'm experiencing in the moment because then I've got a point to start uh, understanding myself, to start changing that, to move towards confidence. Now, what most people will feel uh, in some way or another, if they're not confident and that's what they want, is they're feeling fear, they're feeling anxiety. And the biggest fear that we have in life, it's not about death or flying and all of those things, the biggest fear that we all experience as humans is humiliation because that brings rejection. And somewhere deep inside of us, we know that if we get rejected, we won't be loved. Or at least that's what we feel and what we believe. And therefore, that is the biggest thing that we worry about. That if I go and put myself out there, if I make myself visible, people are going to laugh at my work. People are going to think it's rubbish. Why the hell did you even think about exhibiting your work? You know, so therefore it's that whole thing about humiliating and, and feeling humiliated and therefore, oh, I've got rejected by the public. Oh, nobody loves me. So but that, that's what's actually going on in that moment. So for people that need to work on their confidence, and often it's not in all areas, you know, they're, they're already confident in some areas, but maybe it's just around, let's say, um, visibility that you mentioned. What can we do to improve our confidence in these specific areas? So, and you're very right, you know, some people might be very confident cooks or very confident parents or very confident uh, in being good friends. And yet the one thing that they feel is going to really be the pinnacle of their identity, which is the, the thing that they're passionate, the way that they identify themselves as an artist. When I go and show that to strangers, not to people that love and care about me, then that whole sort of lack of confidence, which would be the anxiety, the fear, uh, as I mentioned, will show up. So what are some of the things? So the first is like I talked about in the first podcast, it's awareness. 
you know, start, and you know, feeling, you know, what, what is that's going on? You know, when I had the idea of showcasing my work and telling the people that I exist and this is what I do and this is what I stand for and this is how I represent myself, you know, what is it that I am feeling? What am I feeling right now so that I can start doing something about it? So what we need to understand to shift away from the present emotion and into being confident is understand what the fear is about. Now, fear in its very, very primal, fundamental sort of levels is there to protect you. So it's the fight and flight that we know about, that it's, you know, somebody's uh, behind me and my life is in danger, I need to either fight this or I need to run like hell kind of thing. But for most of us, that's not where we're at. You know, we don't live in those kind of, uh, you know, days like in the past where we were out in the wild and we were hunting for food and maybe a boar was going to come and attack. But we don't, we're, we're not there. So when we uh, experience fear, most of the time, it's more about your own safety rather than being in danger from something outside of you. So the fear is there. It kicks in because it's trying to protect you. It's trying to say, are you prepared? Are you ready? Do you know what you need to do? Because the truth is, when we put ourselves out there, whether you're an artist or whether you're a physical trainer, you're going to show people some techniques or whether you know, you're creative by um, creating programs for people like I do, for instance, for mindset, I'm going to put my art, which is my courses, out in the open for people to see and, of course, to criticize. So am I prepared to do that? Have I done the prep work behind it? Have I been the best version of myself when I did that? And should somebody, for whatever reason, decide to give me their opinion, which might be a negative one, am I okay with that? And it's a really interesting thing that happens here is that people will value the opinion of strangers so much more than the opinion of themselves. So this is, again, a, a level deeper that when we ask ourselves why and what is it about the opinion of strangers, somebody that has never met me, doesn't know me, their opinion is more valuable than the opinion that my friends and family have, but most importantly, the opinion that I have of myself. So, of course, that will bring you into that next level of is how do I feel about me and what do I believe about me? Because that is where the root of all of that fear coming up. And therefore, that is where we start off to start asking ourselves intelligent questions. Remember, Gita, that the unconscious mind, one of its main functions, other than to bring up programs so we don't have to relearn everything, is to answer every question that you have. It's just absolutely compelled to do that. It's there to serve you. It's there to help retrieve uh, resources, experiences, learning, and give you an answer. You know, so it's like your big Google database in the mind. So if you ask a stupid question to the unconscious mind, it will throw out stupid answers. So if you ask, or you would say to me, so what is a stupid question? Stupid question is, why does this never work for me? What is wrong with me? Why can't I do it? I see everybody else doing it. What is, you know, what, what, what is going on here? Why can't I do this? Why is my work not accepted by others? Is it not good enough? Those kind of questions are stupid. 
Because if you ask your unconscious what is wrong with me, because it's absolutely compelled to answer that question, it's not there to rescue you or to sympathize or to build you up. It's just there to answer the question. So it has to go into your data library that you have uh, accumulated for your whole life. And it will look for every stupid decision, stupid action, silly, whatever uh, decision that you've made, and then say, this is why you're stupid. This is why, this is what's wrong with you. And it will just present that. And it doesn't balance it out by saying, you know, you did this when you were like five or when you were 10. However, when you were 20, you made this better decision. It doesn't do that. It will just say, you are stupid or this is what's wrong with you and just give you whatever evidence will match it. So we've got to be really careful about the kind of questions that we ask ourselves in order to start having an understanding about what this is about, about what is the program that the unconscious is now reaching for. So it seems to me it's also a lot about trust, like trusting yourself or to uh, trusting yourself to ask the right questions, you know, to yourself, but also trusting that, you know, you're bringing value to both the marketplace, trusting your art is of value to the world. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? So trust is a very interesting topic and it's probably, in my opinion, one of the key things that we haven't got, which makes us feel insecure. So let's go back again to the programming years, you know, the imprint years. With all the right intentions, teachers, our peers, our aunties, our grandmothers, our school teachers, you know, um, mom and dad, all of those people, they want to help you improve. They want to help you develop. They want you to develop skills and all of that kind of stuff. So when you're three years old and you start coloring in a tree and you're making the tree uh, purple, your parents start coming and go, no, 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 sweetie, look, look, trees are green. They're not purple, so make it green. And then you are coloring the sky pink and then your parents are going, no, 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 skies are not pink, although they are sometimes. Uh, skies are not pink, skies are blue and grass is green. So every time a child were, is making a decision, because it's working totally intuitively, it's being in natural flow with itself and it's expressing itself in the best way it can, Somebody comes and says, no, don't do it this way, do it this way. Don't read this, read that. Don't do maths this way, do maths this way. Don't study like this, study like that. Don't hold your fork this way, hold it that way. So we are constantly being told that the things that we want to do naturally are wrong. And therefore, that, what that has starts to happen if it's not balanced out with well done and congratulations and you're so smart and you're so clever, which unfortunately, not because I'm mean or horrible, but most people don't do that with their kids. They will show them the wrongs, but they won't praise the rights. And therefore those children grow up not being able to trust their choices and their decisions because all through the imprint years, they've been told that they're wrong. So now they're adults and they need to make a decision about something and they can't trust themselves to make that decision. So they will always go and ask somebody outside of themselves, what do you think I should do? Because that's what they've been taught and that's how they've been programmed. So once we start to trust ourselves, then we are more free uh, within our, ourselves to make choices and decisions. And the biggest thing that people lack, and I see this so much in my client, and I see it in my clients because I noticed it in myself way back when I started, is that 
we, we tend to not uh, give praise or give attention, conscious attention, to the fact that no matter what we've gone through in life, no matter how terrible a time it was, we actually got through it. That we are more resourceful and stronger than we believe. And therefore, we've, when we start to recognize those kind of accomplishments and then have blind faith that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Because you trust the process. And therefore, you can trust your decisions. You can trust that even if I do something and I trust that, that this is okay and it goes completely wrong, I'm still going to be okay. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to disintegrate. The world's not going to stop spinning, throw me off and go reject off this planet and then carry on spinning without me. You know, life goes on, we do survive. And the only valuable question to ask ourselves when something doesn't go the way we plan is to step back and ask ourselves, how could I have done this differently? You know, I've just done something and I realized it's not working. That's okay. You didn't know any better. You tried something. It didn't work. Step back try a different method. I mean, there's a famous story of Thomas Edison and somebody said to him, how does it feel to have failed 500 times or 5,000 times, I can't remember what the number was, in creating the light bulb? And he went, what? I haven't even failed once, but I have found 5,000 times that don't work. And that is the mindset that we need to have. We need to recognize that we're actually very resilient. And we're very creative. And we're very good at problem solving. And we are so, so incredibly strong. And therefore, when we can just step back into that part of ourselves, we can start to trust the things that we are going to try. Because trying is figuring out which is the best way. And know that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And that is blind faith and trust in ourselves. Such a great explanation. I found that, you know, trusting in the work I'm doing, trusting in myself, trusting that all the resources I ever needed would be available was something that really kind of changed things for me. It really kind of gave me a lot of momentum. And I think it also shows, um, it also reflects in the way you show up in the world as well, that, you know, your work is not for everybody but it's really relevant for the people that it matters to. And that sort of my trust and faith is actually reflected in the people that I then pull in, my audience. Um, let's talk about something else uh, just related to that, about trust, uh, sorry, about confidence and competence. Because sometimes, you know, our confidence is knocked when we think we don't know enough and we're always looking for outside uh, validation, you know, particularly in the art world where people are thinking like, oh, if they could just get a curator on board, if they could just get a gallery to show their work, then that would be some kind of sense of giving them confidence. But actually, of course, it's all an inside job. But can we talk a bit about competence connected to confidence? Absolutely, and that's a really, really good point because uh, a lot of people actually just focus on becoming more confident. And I have met quite a few, and I'm sure everybody has in their lives, met very confident people that are not really that confident in what they're offering or what they're confident about. But they are blindsided by that. So actually, really what they're becoming is like uh, confident fools. So alongside developing you know, the inner journey part, which is developing the confidence, is also to develop our competence because they do go hand in hand. 
I've seen this so often when I work with leaders and managers, when I'm coaching people. And if I see somebody who's a junior leader, they may lack a bit of competent, competence because they lack experience. And therefore, their confident level is at a, at a par with their competence level. So when we develop both of those things, in other words, the more we do something, the more experience we get, the more natural it feels, and the more we're stepping out of that learning uh, in becoming sort of competent, uh, confidence grows with that. So it is important to, uh, as, you, as you're developing your career and as your experience is developing, that your competence is developing with your confidence. But here's the thing that a lot of people sometimes uh, don't see is because they've got a lack of confidence or low confidence, low self-esteem, they think their competence is also low. And very often what I've seen is that people have got huge amounts of competence, but because their self-esteem, the self-belief is low, their confidence is low, and therefore they think if I get more competence, my confidence will naturally grow. So it's, it's again about having that awareness and asking yourself those intelligent questions is, do I really lack some skills in order to become better, which will then make me feel more confident? Or are my skills, I mean, you know, your, your skills will definitely improve through a lifetime. There's no, you know, you're not at your top game at any point. But if you feel that your skills actually and the art that I'm producing right now is great, it's fine, I know my techniques, I, I can do it quite easily, I flow, I don't think about it, but I'm not confident, then that's the, more the how I feel about me. It's about my identity rather than my behavior. Vicky, thank you. Vicky and I have put together a six-week online course for artists and anyone running a creative business who feels they need work on their confidence. We'll be talking about and teaching all the juicy things like self-worth and how that can, at an unconscious level, stop you bringing money into your business or be compensated for your work. We'll also be covering things like the inner critic and quietening that voice and changing the inner dialogue to something that empowers and supports you. Developing a money mindset for artists and overcoming the myth of the starving artist, and also the deep set beliefs that there's no money in the arts. So there's all sorts of topics that we're going to be covering around mindset. Take a look at the link in the show notes, the details of the program, or find me on Instagram at the Gita Joshi and send me a message there. Or you can visit thecuratorsalon.com for more details. Thank you, Vicky. You're welcome, Gita, and thank you as well. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.